Shut up, boy. These are some weird jokes. They gotta get them out of the system now. Or am I warming up? I can't tell. I'll never know until the episode begins. Oh my goodness. Well, there's a spooky, you know, chill in the air. There's a uh, mysterious kind of vibe. There's a chilly spook in the air as well, at least here. Yeah. Um, There's a certain rumbling neath the earth, which can only mean one thing. It is the uh, sixth annual Welcome to Super Duper Stitches, the Paranormal (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) Halloween Spooks Travaganza. I'm Jake. And I'm Wyatt. And uh, we are back again with another Spooks Travaganza, this time joined by another... No, 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 my God. Then None Casey Simpson. Than. Casey, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. It's wonderful to have you on. Who are you and why are you here? And what do you do? Justify yourself. Who do you think you are? Well, uh, Wyatt, I am lucky enough to call you a friend. Oh, and likewise. And also fan of the show. Not friend of the show. I'm a fan. I uh, listen. I have my parents listen to and now my sister. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, and that's getting you some region Tennessee, so yeah. Boom. We do have somewhere between two and three listeners in Tennessee at any given time, so. There it nice. is. <laughs> I think I say in general. Yeah, somewhere between two in and three general, listeners. In general, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, it is, a true, it is a true joy to have you on, Casey. We have a lot of spooktacular things to cover today, and I understand you have an extremely spooky story, or at least one, probably I- 13 of them. Yeah, um, yeah, they're all together. But I figure I have no idea of what I'm talking about, so I'll take over. So as we kind yeah. of hinted in the previous episode, oh, let me back up a little further. This is a, a podcast where normally we talk about spooky things from a scientific perspective. In October, we just fuck around. It seems like normally we bring yeah. on people to just like do other stuff. And this particular October, we've just used it as a, an excuse to increasingly just hang out with people we want to. Uh, last time we talked to drew of uh four phantoms fame and then we did mention in passing in a certain someone named casey who introduced him to the show and this is that casey in yes. so many ways we have you to think yeah so drew and i worked at four uh artifact cider project together uh he was my boss and then he left to do four phantoms full-time and uh, I'm actually at Four Phantoms right now. We could tell by all the sounds of machinery, liquids flowing through tubes, and uh, loud burps. There's a lot of those rumbles. Yes. <laughs> um, cidery, you are quite the cider maker even to this day, if I'm not mistaken. I am the operations manager, and I get to help out with the fun projects at work. So... The heirloom apples, the uh, little different technique rather than just like simple fermentation. It's a good time. It's a lot of learning. I've been there three and a half years and I still have that like, oh, this is fun. I'm still like, I'm constantly learning and changing things and work is weird every day. Like because of my role too, it's different all the time. I feel like that already puts you and your job uh, a notch above 95% of society. (laughs) It's um, fun. I like genuinely enjoy my my work. <laughs> that's pretty cool is what I'm trying to say. And I'm wondering, how would you distinguish cider from beer? The simplest way of putting it is that beer uses heat to extract sugars. And cider just let those sugars go to town with the naturally occurring yeast that's like either from the air Sounds or hot. it can be added. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like a lab yeast or a, like a culture that's used. Uh, and then... 
lets it rip to town. So it's more, way more like a wine making than a like a beer brewing. So are apples the grapes of the tree? Yeah, you could say that, but you could also say that about pears. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. All these things confirm it. Yeah, apples. But it's also like a really old drink here in America because when the colonizers came over, settlers came over, uh, they brought apples with them. And then they were like, these are my favorite apples. And then they've been drinking it ever since. And for a while, even, uh, it was cleaner than the drinking water. So, damn wild. Oh my God. <laughs> so you're always sipping on something that had. A little bit of alcohol in it. Sipping on apples and juice, if I'm not mistaken. Look, there's someone just walked in. Who's coming in? Who is it? Who is it? Who dares? Show yourself. That Ah! guy. God damn it. (laughs) The Lord of the Drink himself. (laughs) (laughs) Doing his jig. The Beer Meister's jig. Dance, wherever you might be. Um, Hi. I think what he said was bye. I think he's gone. Oh. He just ran away. He's gone. I mean, that was true, everybody. I don't know if that... Does that count as our four Phantoms ad, or do you have to do a real one? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I guess that was mostly visual, so we'll have to do a real one later on. But what? You were asking a question. Cider or beer? Who would win in a cage match? If you were the judge of that match. Cider. I love beer, but beer uh, can upset my tummy. Mm. Um, Cider... There's just so many different ways you can make it, and I'm I'm a fan of the drier side, and that's a lot of what Artifact does. So it doesn't upset my tummy as much, and it's pretty cool what apples can do, fermenting out all the way, eating all the sugar. So it's it's a tasty beverage that can go with food or not. I feel like I walk on the dry side as well. It's uh, extremely delish. What's your favorite just apple variety for for munching and crunching? I am a fan of Empire Apples right now, which is New York's Big Apple. Mm. Um, Easy. I, for an heirloom, one time I had a winter banana. Ooh. It's an apple that tastes like a banana. It's so good. Fascinating. Wow. Where where do they grow those? It's just like on specially grafted trees. I had it off of a farm up in Ashfield, Mass. Very cool. I also had a Arkansas Black the other day, which is another heirloom apple, which was unreal. It sounds fascinating. Hmm. Do you, and not to ask too many apple questions, but I just, it's a fascinating <laughs> thing. And we never drink cider on the show. So it's like a foreign land that we get to uh, wander around inside of the bazaar of while you're here. Yeah. And listeners just have to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're freewheeling. This yeah, October is really just for us. And ears. Yeah. Yeah. It's our time to indulge. <laughs> Probably put our feet up. Apples. Would you say that eating apples or pie making apples make better cider? Or is there a place for them all at the table of the cidery? There's another category. So if you were to put it on a spectrum, eating apples have less like fermentable sugar in them per se. Mm. Uh, and then baking and pie ones might have a little more, but these, if you were to take it off a tree, spitters, which tastes absolutely disgusting. Right. They fall off the tree. It's because the sugar is so dense or like it's so tannic and acid. Those are the winners for cider making. No kidding. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. But you can make some really tasty cider. Like uh, Northern Spy is a baking apple. Like it's pretty popular in pies. Makes a great cider too. That's so cool. And we so, use a lot of Macintosh. So hell yeah. That's 
Reading Apple, classic. <laughs> I had a Dabinette cider a couple of years ago that I've been like chasing ever since. I don't think they grew any this past year, and I was very sad because it was such a unique flavor. Casey's giving an appraisingly appreciative nod to this. Yes, that's a, a French bittersweet apple, so it really has nice tannins that like drying effect. Same as like mm. like a, a nice red dry red wine. Oh. That explains why I like it so much. I, I love me a good Malbec, something like that. So that uh, I guess maybe that's the, the, as we said, apples are the grapes of the tree. That's the take home from today's episode. So. <laughs> yeah, if you walk away with nothing else. <laughs> um, what's your favorite brand of cider? Don't see Artifact. And your least favorite slash <laughs> most hated. I really like a small cidery out in uh, West Brookfield, Massachusetts, Ragged Hill. I met the owners a couple times. They're really sweet, but they also make some pretty stellar cider. So that's cool. I've had stuff from, I, I, I think when you meet people, like I, I had the opportunity to go to CiderCon, which is a real thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick follow. <laughs> we made friends with some folks out at Bowman Cider or in Oregon, Bowman, Bowman's Farm in Oregon. And just like the people themselves and like what they can bring like literally to the table through like just being nice that really carries through with cider too it's just like oh you're cool people or like there was one in virginia again like the people were really nice for drinking it and it's like wow okay like this makes it even better because i know like oh you're, you're nice because you know you're like a genuine person yeah yeah and right. all like, little nooks of any kind of social business <laughs> circles there's like people who think they're god's gift to uh the industry and and then people who are just doing it for the love of it. Why? And I do both. Yeah. We're one of the few or, you know, a set of the few people who both, if, if I'm saying it myself, <laughs> are genuine and realize that we're God's <laughs> gift. <Yeah. laughs> so it's a, it's a win-win. <laughs> well, I will say I welcome any and all spontaneous cider facts today. The window as as like a as like on a night of a full moon or something. We could talk about cider today, never before, never again. <laughs> so get them in. <laughs> Throwing some stuff every once in a while. <laughs> I also didn't expect. I didn't come into this episode expecting to have so much. I guess apple based anger to throw around. Interesting. In the Twin Cities and probably Minnesota in general. First of all, you can't get a Macintosh or a Cortland in the grocery store ever. They just don't have them out here. All you can get all the goddamn time is fucking Honeycrisp. They love oh. their goddamn Honeycrisp. They invented it at the university and they got to just sell it oh. everywhere. I don't like it. It's not a very good apple. Look out. The uh, Apple lobby might come for you. It's true. Every year they come up with some like slight honey crisp too. Ever crisp and then they have like uh Cosmic Crisp a couple years ago. Yep, yep. Cosmic that's... crisp. <laughs> They're trying to argue that the lenticels on the skin look like stars and like a galaxy. Oh come it on. just it's a fucking apple. It looks like an apple that is an apple. That's <laughs> oh. all. It tasted like honey crisp. I don't know. Can you imagine if they named it Apple Skin Honey Crisp? <laughs> I would at least appreciate the honesty. Now, there, <laughs> there are a couple of locally produced ones like invented by the university that I have and kind of enjoyed, but the Arboretum has their own Apple situation going on, and currently they're selling a bunch of them, and they have been selling a bunch of Macs, a bunch of Cortlands, and we have been stocking up like crazy. So we have a shitload in our fridge and in our dining room. <laughs> I can see the piles in the background, actually. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but... That's what I'm sitting on instead of an office chair today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Casey, do you ever describe... Other people, when they're 
creating a new cider as an Apple situation? Uh, no. No. So how do you know you know Drew through four phantoms? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you yeah. guys? Well, no, he, four phantoms came later on. You knew through artifact. Oh, artifact. <laughs> through artifact. Yeah. Casey did it too, Jake. <laughs> I'm just trying to follow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I got a I got a little sprinkle of super duper stitches for you about Drew and. Oh meeting him at artifact i so i came from like years ago i did conservation work and one of the places i did conservation work i, I okay i swear this will make sense in a second go for it uh, <laughs> i'll believe it when i hear it take your time i worked at uh, the new hampshire conservation corps with the student conservation association hmm. new hampshire we all go back yeah bear brook yeah another good podcast for anyone out there who likes their true crime yeah, I I lived there for a year and then a couple of years later found out about Bear Brook and was like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, oh, I must. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I found out right. It was like Drew's last day. And he said, yeah, when Soham gave me the key. So him and Jen were going to go. Who's up. Soham? Who's Jen? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so Drew is leaving. Wait, who's Drew? Who's Drew? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Soham was going to give Drew the keys to the facility. So Soham is the owner and founder of Artifact Cider Project. Uh-huh. Him and his like childhood best buddy Jake Mazar. Um, mm-hmm. And not with he. <laughs> and they gave Drew keys to the facility, and it had a little keychain that was uh, Bearbrook State Park. Ooh, and. Like, while Drew is telling me this, he's also telling me, oh, Jen and I are going to go there. Drew's wife. Yeah, his wife, to go there because they listened to the Bearbrook podcast on their way over from Portland. So, Uh. like, some kind of weird energy with that. Like, some, you know, maybe I'm stretching, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, no, no. (laughs) It's uh, very apropos of this day. For folks who don't know the Bearbrook podcast and the story around it, uh, not to spoil too much of it, but essentially it is a very spooky, uh, decades-long murder mystery. I don't want to spoil beyond that, but it is uh, eerie as it can be as far as true, um, you know, cold case slowly getting solved years and years later type uh, situations go. So uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of charge there, and yeah, that's that's fascinating, Casey. That's cool. And so you use that as a, a smooth segue to say, oh, if you like that podcast, you should check out this yeah. other dumber one. Yeah, this worst <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Along those lines, why are your parents, and how are they, our biggest fans? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, well, also, hello, Casey's folks. I'm hello. sure you're DVRing this podcast as we speak. <laughs> I so I call them every day on my way home from work, and I told them today. I was like, okay, I didn't want to tell you until I was pretty sure it was going to happen. And they were like, oh my god! <laughs> because- I think you wait till the day after we planned for a week to record. You're like, I'm going to wait till the day it actually happens to be sure that they're not going to cancel on me. <laughs> yeah, day of. It's pretty smart. <laughs> I was excited. How many flakes are in their life? Jeez. Uh, but my dad uh, and mom, I probably threw my dad mostly, honestly, because <laughs> they've been together since they were 17. Wow. 
My dad worked at the Department of Defense for 32 years. His main interests actually are uh, aliens. Aha. Uh-huh. He's uh, really into that. So if you want to get some of that DOD money into the Patreon, we got to start talking about aliens more. There you it's go. Yeah. Do, I, do we sense perhaps a story coming on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... Please tell as many stories as you desire. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Jake and I have prepared what I can only describe as dog shit to support you today. I do well, have my- something useful, but we'll get there. I, I do, too. <laughs> I can physically read it. <laughs> I think what got him open to aliens was um, he swears the time when he was little, he saw a UFO up in the sky. And he was playing on the front lawn. And then, you know, I, I think there is a level of, like, openness that's important. Uh, like, I am open to the possibility of this. Uh, but right, right. The house he grew up in, actually, the same time as when that was happening, is I, I think the reason why I was asked to be on the show today. Oh, you were asked to be on because you're an awesome person. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I didn't ask you at all, so, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been... A- Tell your story. <laughs> so- <laughs> um, yeah, so my grandparents' house is pretty haunted you told it so quickly (laughs) i grew up like hearing stories from my parents but they would tell me all sorts of things that i later found out weren't true like you had to be a fan of star wars or star trek you could not be both uh or pancakes are superior to waffles which was another one yeah, it's like weird stuff like that. So when I hear I'm these so sorry. Ghost stories for years, uh, you know, me and my sister, my sister Lindsay, who's uh, she's four years older. She lives down in Knoxville with my parents. Um, oh, I'm from Southern Ohio, so that's confusing enough. But this story takes place in Ohio. Okay, um, cool. We we went to out to dinner with our grandparents. So we asked Grandma and Grandpa, and they're like, "Yeah, it's true." And that was my what my grandpa said, and Grandpa was a giant prankster. Uh, so you're still kind of like this guy's yeah. pulling it. So we look at grandma who wouldn't, you know, sweet little grandma. She's like, no, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's true. Oh, oh God. <laughs> so do you know the history of the house? Like the house itself is just like a little brick ranch. Oh. <laughs> square feet. It's in the suburbs of the suburbs of the big city of Springfield, Ohio, which is like this weird in between point of like Dayton and Columbus. The house was built in 18, or no, not 18, it's Ohio, uh, 1947. <laughs> yes. So they moved into it maybe 2047. <laughs> Brick ranches are the future. Yeah. Uh, so grandma and grandpa like moved into this house. They had my dad. Uh, my uncle and my uh, aunt that lived there. They're all younger than my dad. And it started like pretty much as soon as they moved in, which would have been like 1970 probably. So my dad's 10. And it started with uh, like plates being flipped up, cups being flipped upside down, like weird little stuff like that. The TV going on and off in the other room. And lights going on and on like the, the classic like what you kind of poltergeist type activity yeah 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 what did they think of it at the time were they just sort of like oh that's weird or was it like immediately spooky 
Well, to the best that I understand, I, it, you know, they came up to Springfield from um, like even further south, southern Ohio, because I think they came both came from like a lot of poverty. Um, so they were like, this is our home for our family. This is where we're going to like American dream. Like we're yeah, going right. to get here. We got our, we got our slice. Let's, let's freaking go. Yeah. So I don't think it was really like, oh, there's this ghost. We need to move out. Like I don't think that was <laughs> an option. Uh, so they just lived with it. Right. Uh, and over time, like when maybe it would have been more of a viable option, they just chose to whatever. It's like, oh, it's the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but one of the, one story um, is that you know I know what you're gonna say to it because I'm also open to hear what you two have to say about these stories. We we put our skepticals aside on this holiest of days. Yes, but right. we will tear your story apart. Thursdays, <laughs> Thursdays. <laughs> so when uh, my dad would have been about. Seventeen at the time, and my uncle is ten years younger, and they were up in the like it was an attic space, but it had been finished for to be their bedroom. They had beds right next to each other, and my dad woke up to my uncle like pinned down with his hands up against the bed, uh, screaming. Jeez, like a seven-year-old kid. My dad like started to try to pull up my uncle as much as he could, like get on top of him. And my uncle Brett was just like screaming, yelling, like just just really panicked. Uh, so my dad couldn't do anything. So he ran downstairs to get my grandma and grandpa. By the time they got upstairs, my uncle Brett was up and like just panting. And he was like really like upset, obviously. Wow. But yeah. I know you could say that sleep paralysis, right? But if it was sleep paralysis, like why would my dad be able to like not be able to pick him up? Like there was mm. a force like that wasn't. Able- he was like he he couldn't get the hands up off the bed or anything. Yeah, he couldn't like yeah. move him at all. Yeah. Oh I wonder. You never ever at like a sleepover play light as a feather, stiff as a board. I wonder if it's possible to go the hard in the opposite direction, like just I guess heavy as a heavy thing, still stiff as a board. I don't know. I stiff as a feather, light as a board. Yeah, I don't know. That's like one part of it. Uh, also, in that same room, was your dad extremely frail? <laughs> he was in good shape. Uh, at the time uh he he used to so this is about the same time he used to call my mom uh they had started dating when they were 17 and uh he would call her on the phone and she, they would hear like 30s ballroom music what the and my dad would swear that it was like coming from like the walls themselves again oh brick God. house like kind of bizarre my mom would be like you know chris like knock it off it's not funny uh and you know, he's like i swear you know it's just it it's just happening could he hear it in the room himself yeah wow what at first that world? was like a party line situation but that's that's a little different <laughs> yeah. weird. and this is kind of like where it gets like weird like growing up and oh this is where <laughs> my grandpa was such a prankster that like he would get me and Lindsay to go upstairs to like get a toy or something and we we had been told like oh there's a ghost upstairs watch out uh and he would grab the broom and boom 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 on the stairs oh <laughs> uh, that's scare us and we'd run downstairs not and cool man and start fighting <laughs> scare the shit out of me oh my god so it's like oh you hear music like is it music or is it like grandpa playing a joke but right. uh he also my dad up until maybe when me and Lindsay were even out of the house he would wake up 
every night at 3.15 in the morning, like the classic like witching hour. At the time when he was little, it was to banging on the side of the brick house. Mm. Uh, and it was so loud to wake him up. And he was such in the routine of waking up to that banging that he, he kept doing it even after moving out. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it just like, you know, like, okay, if it's my grandpa, that's a, that's a pretty like really sticking with that uh, prank. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. It goes beyond prank to just uh, abuse, I think, at that point. Yeah. And what a weird way to uh, torment someone over such a long amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Weird and a lot of work. <laughs> did, uh, did they ever look into the history of the house? Like what was going on there? Anything uh, that can tie I'll into get to like, that in a little bit. All right, all right. right, carry on. No, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Allow the. But shortly after that, my my you know my dad moved out when to, to live with my mom when he was like eighteen, nineteen. He's like, so my house is haunted as hell, and my dad's kind of a jerk. So, <laughs> how about how about we hang out? Yeah. <laughs> so but carry on. He moves my out. Dad moved out. Uh, my aunt Davina, she's a few years like she's in between my uncle Brett and my dad. Um, so that she would have still been there and Brett would have still been there. But my grandma was home and she had just said goodbye to my grandpa and uncle and they were going to run errands for the day. And she's like, all right, bye. And she's walking like around the corner to like where um, like the basement stairs go. There's, and then you would like walk around. Like, there was like a little section that would go out to the porch, but then there was the kitchen in the back. So she was walking around towards the kitchen and she right. starts in the dishes and she hears breathing right behind her. Like, oh, Dave, like which is my grandpa, knock it off. And, you know, it, like went away for a second and then it happened again. And she's like, quit, quit it, Dave, like knock it off. And then, on the third time it happened, she like, you know, put down her like wash rag and like turned around and was like, there's no one there. (laughs) Just so folks know, Casey did a turning maneuver. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's a turning maneuver. And so she ran back through the house and looked out the front window and they were pulling out in the car. So no one was in the house. Oh God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now with these breaths, are we talking light and fast? Oh, like really. We're talking brainy from Hey Arnold. We're talking like labored. Yes, very labored. Very. God. Yeah, they had stuff like that happen. Like these are only like what I've heard. You know, there there could have been more over time. Yeah, these are the told stories. Yeah, these are the told ones. Um, But when, you know, for my own personal experience, like I've experienced some stuff there. My sister is watching the dogs and cats at the house, and me, my neighbor. And my cousin at the time we were playing cowboys. So, you know, we were 13, but we were still playing cowboys. And <laughs> we had our cap guns with us and like cowboy hats on. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was summer. So we were like outside playing in the backyard. And she's like, hey, will you all come with me to let uh, like Buppy and Muffin and a little bit out? <laughs> the dog and the cats. I was going to say, these are other friends of yours, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we all like crawl in the back of the car and i i never told anything to like my neighbor or my cousin because like this was still like the period of like eh, yeah i don't know these they're that's just telling real. me like, yeah, yeah. like also like not aware like oh that's that's weird <laughs> right the world is still kind of a undiscovered territory when you're 13 i feel like yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on yeah yeah 
So we get to the house and Lindsay's like, hey, I'm going to take Buppy outside off the porch. Like, will you please go take care of the cats? So uh, I looked at my cousin and the neighbor I was like, yeah, you coming with me, right? And so then we all go down the stairs. It's like these like really rickety old stairs, like the kind that you can see through the bottoms of. Ugh. And also oh, the golly. basement was like a basement that had like the pull string and like the one light bulb. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Damn. yeah. <laughs> Do you, you're getting into this basement from outside? Is it like through a bulkhead or are you going through? No, it's, it's, it's through the inside of the, the house. Inside. It's okay, where my okay. grandpa would pound on the, the, the stairs. Uh, going up. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. Like kind of a zigzag. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. 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 So we go downstairs. I turn to like the laundry, the, the laundry area. Cause that's where the cat food was in the water. And I got just to the point where I could do the water and the door at the top, you hear it slam shut. So, oh no. Uh, if listeners can't hear our eyes getting really wide, I just realized yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of visuals in this particular episode. Yeah. I've been nodding a lot instead of actually vocalizing my responses. So, yeah. <laughs> uh so me my neighbor and my cousin ran up to the stairs and like we slapped right. our cat guns in hand and like <laughs> they have their shoulders to the door and i have like i'm just like pounding i'm yelling at my sister because i'm like Lindsay, this isn't funny yeah right she opens and pulls the door and like we fall out and then i get up and i start like you know yelling at How her dare you. <laughs> like, you shooting know? her with cat guns who do you yeah, think like, you what's, are? What's wrong with you? Like, why, would, why would you do that to us? Yeah, this is so scary. Yeah. Was she laughing? Well, was she like... <laughs> no, she was like, why are you yelling at me? I just got back inside. <laughs> so oh. she didn't slam that door. Uh, and it wasn't like the door shut. It was a slam. Oof, God. I was going to say, unless she's, uh, you know... Like grandfather, like granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. No. no, I think uh, after... Growing up with all the uh, urban legends and stuff, I think both of us are like, no, we're not passing that on. No, the pranking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, that's spooky. So that was yeah. big door slam. Other yeah. did other things happen to you in the house? Yeah. Um, me and Lindsay went over when I was in college, and I think she would have been in grad school. And it had mm. been around the holidays because we were home together. And we were over talking to my grandpa. And grandpa at the time, he'd like zone out and watch his westerns <laughs> on the TV. It's the only way I can get away. <laughs> yeah. So we'd, we'd chit chat with him, but he was like very invested in like, uh, you know, what, what was going on. And the door, <laughs> there was like a like a coat, coat room, like a coat closet. And it was like maybe seven feet from where me and my sister were sitting. And the door open and then it just slams shut like right Jeez. over sitting there whoa here we go grandpa did you see that and he was like yeah and we're like <laughs> what, what? <laughs> and he was like it was a ghost and i was at, just like kept watching his, like he's just like yeah old old hat kept like i've seen that like way too many times in my life wow. you know i can imagine if you were living in a house with these kind you know this type of phenomena going on all the time you would have to just be like you know, either I have like a psychological breakdown right now, or yeah. I just don't care that much about this, and I'm going to take that path. Mm. So yeah. what are they talking about now on, you know, uh, this Western show? Yeah. <laughs> he already used Bonanza, so that joke's already used up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, another Western that isn't Bonanza. Uh, but... Uh Another weird thing that happened personally too was uh Are you trying to think of another Western reference? Yes, yeah. 
<laughs> my uh, I had brought a Christmas tree um, down. It would have been my senior year of college down to Kentucky with my roommate. Uh, we shared a place together and um, he was sleeping in the living room at the time because we thought it was a good idea to just share a one bedroom. But like we weren't romantic. Like it was like we had bunk beds and like a one bedroom. And then we realized we, we wanted our own space if we could. Um, right. And so he was sleeping out in the, the living room on the futon and he I came in from work that day it would have been on a sunday because i worked early radio station hours and i came in and he had sage burning he was like chanting to like music that he had going i was like yo francis what's up (laughs) (laughs) like just having a chill day (laughs) he's like i have the worst feelings right now i had terrible dreams all night uh and i was like okay and i just like kind of like let him do his thing and then a couple weeks later, it came up, and he's like, "Where'd you wait? Where did you say you got that Christmas tree from?" And I was like, "Oh, it's from my grandparents' basement." Oh, <laughs> so he could like oh. feel the energy coming off the tree. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just did you get rid of it, and did things get better after that? Yeah, we 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 did get rid of it right after Christmas. Yeah, it was like uh-huh. see you later. <laughs> um, Damn. The like the like the cornerstone, I guess, of it all is like. Uh, when my parents called me and told me that my grandma finally actually saw the ghost. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. Yeah. So set yeah. the table for us. What happened? So my grandma was laying down on the love seat, which was the same like little like two seater that me and my sister were sitting on when the the closet door slammed. Right. Just mm-hmm. taking a nap, uh, and she woke up from her nap and she looked up and there was a man, like a younger guy, staring down at her. He wasn't wearing a shirt, but he had black horn-rimmed glasses and his hair was slicked back. And she huh. made eye contact with him for like, you know, a good while. And then he just disappeared. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So then that's when my dad got real excited and did a lot of history on the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he went and this like dug up. used earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So he went through like the microfish to find out more about the family and what they could oh, find yeah was that there was a younger guy like in his early 20s who did die not in the home per se but he lived in the home and he died at the local hospital Mm -hmm. Uh, wasn't clear like what the cause of death was too few shirts (laughs) Uh, but it was (laughs) (laughs) but they did find out his name was noah so uh one of the times so my grandpa passed away and then my grandma was living in the house alone. Um, and this is this kind of, but she would say that she would feel someone sleeping next to her. Mm-hmm. Not in the bed per se, but in like the space on the other side, like out sure. from the bed and in like breathing, uh, like could feel like <gasps> movement as if someone was beside you. Yeah. That's creeptacular. Yeah. And so she was alone in that home for a few years. And then when she was moving out and like getting ready, like they were getting ready to leave the home. I think my, my parents finally found the courage to actually like try to do an investigation per se. Yeah. 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 And uh, so my dad might give me one answer, but my mom, like I genuinely believe will always be honest with me, especially if I ask her a question straightforward. (laughs) 
She doesn't have the prankster gene. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, and she said that, well, my dad said, but then she did uh, agree that this was the truth, that they were in the house. And my dad asked, it was, I, I don't even, I think they just went over there because they knew grandma was um, away that night. I think she, she may have been already in assisted living at that point. But mm-hmm. they went over and he asked, like, is Noah here? And he heard pounding. <gasps> and my mom, like, agrees. Corroborates. Was, yeah. Yeah. She was like, that's what happened. Wow. Um, and he asked again a little later and there was pounding again. So. Wow. Wow. Do you know of. So the house was purchased, I imagine. And new folks have moved in. Have you ever reached out to these people to you ask if they've had any interesting oh. experiences no because there's been two owners since it sold in 2018 uh-huh. oh my god that's <laughs> on zillow it's like public record so it's like what's the do you we can bleep it we don't have to keep it on air but uh what's the address can i look it up right now uh i'll send it to you i have to look it up it's yeah it's just like a little simple ranch house our but... new patreon goal we gotta buy that house <laughs> yeah Oh God! Yeah. Are we raising so much? <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. Scariest house I know. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, Casey. Yeah. Holy well, crap. thank you for sharing those stories. Yeah, those are for real. Very creepy. Oh. Do we know? Do you know anything else about this Noah? Have they? Don't really know anything. He wasn't the guy from Dark. <laughs> there was some another story. shirtless Noah. <laughs> shirtless Noah. Yeah. There was a. St- story that my dad would tell and again this one is definitely with a grain of salt because i have no proof of this but he said the owner in between noah's family uh moved to florida and there had um committed suicide in the basement there Ugh, in florida but there was like sightings of stuff in the basement that would suggest like a dark figure down there woof yeah, I don't know. That one is probably that's why I didn't bring it up earlier is because I have the less the least amount of faith in it. Oh, that's all right. But everything so else, all like, spooky, spooky is welcome. That's two different emphases on the word dark. Now I have no choice but to use a specific piece of music for the end credits. What? Well, if you haven't seen the show, then you won't know. Oh, oh, dark. A German kind German. of sci-fi spooky. Oh. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. This is why you introduced me to that. That's a hell of a show. It's very cool. It's a good show. I uh, hilariously enough, I still have to finish it. Actually, yeah, I the third season. It's se- I mean, it three. seems impossible for them to tie it all together, but they do in a very emotionally satisfying way. I have to do this. You're not the only of my trusted friends who've said the exact same of the show. So I'm. It's killing me. It's not like I stopped watching it for any other reason than as we all sometimes experience. You're enjoying a show and then you simply get distracted and then good old life uh, stuff. Yeah, it turns out it'll 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 get you. Um, well, that is uh, creepy as hell. Very scary. Sorry. The only thing scarier I can think of than that is uh, related to the space you're in right now, Casey. That is a little little brewery in Western Massachusetts called Four Phantoms. I think before we go any further, we'd all be kidding ourselves if we didn't talk about uh, a spot that was helmed by a man whose leg literally snapped into two pieces <laughs> and is now infamously incorporating cylinders, tubes, energy, expectation, creative design, time, execution, and 
community positivity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to create a liquid that can only be described as beer. Beer. I'm talking about four phantoms. <laughs> a building inside of which Casey is currently seated. The the hidey ambient, hole of the of hidey the hole. <laughs> yes. yes. Where all of Drew's darkest secrets are kept. <laughs> I suppose including Casey. <laughs> Fritos. There's Fritos in here. There's Fritos. That's the secret ingredient to all four fans beer. The delicious, intoxicating saltiness of the Fritos chip. Uh, I myself am becoming saltier and more intoxicated by Worship Doom, one of four fandoms. Awesome beers currently on lineup. It's a stout. It's a stout of the Imperial variety. But wherever you live on the planet, please do consider picking up some Four Phantoms beer and or, preferably and, swinging by the Four Phantoms Tavern in Greenfield, Massachusetts to get a little piece of this action yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are many events, I'm sure, on the horizon for Four Phantoms in the month of November. Mm-hmm. But until they are announced, I will simply leave it at they're an awesome brewery <laughs> and Go we... There essentially promoted them for an entire episode last week you know the way i see it most of our ads are usually like five minutes long that was about an hour of overall podcast so we're good for like 12 more episodes right like they could just stretch them out that many exactly so make it make it 13 yeah thank you for phantoms we love you very much and uh drew Drew, do you have anything to add drew can drew can you hear me Drew, we love Does you. Does Drew want to do his own promo? No. <laughs> he should pay us to do his own promo. That'd be yeah, crazy. That would be good. I mean, he is paying uh, us for last week's episode, so. What? I'm going to charge wow. him for it. I don't care. I sure hope he's ready to uh, <laughs> pay 11 times more <laughs> than usual. Uh, we're in for the money. I would also just like to say not being uh, sponsored by, uh, I love Four Phantoms. I would come here even if I Drew wasn't my friend and Jen wasn't my friend. Um, just the beer, like across the board, is delicious. Like I, I have never had a beer by Drew that I have not enjoyed. Casey, you don't have to. You don't have You're to. You're not being paid for this. You don't have to pretend. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, I come here. I came. <laughs> they may or may not be doing some kind of calendar, and my child will be sponsored or featured in. Uh, yes, <laughs> because they're doing it to support the local uh, humane society, which is awesome. Like that's uh-huh. the kind of involvement they do. Fantastic. Sounds like more of that disgusting community positivity <laughs> that I can right. taste in this beer right now. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome, Casey. Thank you for the further highlights. Yes, definitely do check these guys out. I think we've hit our quota of five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and we're done. <laughs> All right, what's next? Should I do my thing? I have a thing. Yeah, in case you want to hear some, uh, some Halloween content from us. Yeah. Absolutely. Inter- interject, interrupt, uh, otherwise... Yeah, throw an Apple fax whenever you want to. Throw an Apple fax. Jake, do your story. So for Halloween, I can think of nothing scarier than being behind on updates on the Phantom of the Chicago... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
So if anyone's listening for the first time, A, I'm amazed that you have listened to this as your first episode. Maybe you saw oh. Halloween thought, oh, this would be a good way to start on this show. And now you're very confused if you're still listening. Um, oh, yeah. But if this is your first time or just one of your first times, you haven't heard one of these segments before. The Phantom of the Chicago is the official name for the strange humanoid bat-like creatures flying all around the Chicagoland area for the past Apparently forever, but especially since like 2017, summer thereof. Uh, I've been talking about it since episode two. It's a weird thing. Big old bats or something. Flesh-like. They are very flesh-like. They have glowing red eyes. They are big old bats. And uh, a lot of it has been covered by a, a few of the same websites, which is pretty fun. So first, I have a report from September of this year. So just last month. Uh, posted on, say it with me now, Phantoms and Monsters. Phantoms and Monsters. There we go, yes. Uh, PhantomsandMonsters.com. Casey. Lon Strickler, proprietor of Phantoms and Monsters, um, was contacted directly by a witness who said the following, quote, I have an experience I would like to tell you about. (laughs) Great way to open. Classic. Classic Lon. (laughs) I did not know this site existed, and I was telling my brothers about it a few weeks ago at my son's birthday party. They were laughing at me. I live in Atasca, Illinois, and two (laughs) years ago in August 2020, I went out at about 9 p.m. at night. In case you weren't sure. Not, yeah, 9 p.m. in the morning. <laughs> I was putting something in my car. About 50 to 75 yards away, I saw something land in the street. It you looked like something it was, in his car? We don't know what, and we never will. Uh, something landed in the street 50 to 75 yards away. It looked like it was crouching, and it looked the size of a coyote or maybe bigger, sitting in an upright position. It was too big to be an owl, but kind of looked like a bat-slash-owl-looking creature. Like a gargoyle with little horns on its head. I was focused on it for about a minute and kept asking myself, what the hell is that? In a sudden burst with its wings, it kind of hopped up and exploded out of a crouching stance with a thunderous stroke of its wings and disappeared into the trees. I yelped and stepped back a bit as I could not believe my eyes. It looked like a five-foot black bat-slash-animal thing jumping-slash-flying into the trees. I have been reading about other sightings in the area and my sighting matches what others have seen. I got a good look at that creepy thing, but I do not believe that it observed me because I was watching it quietly. M.M. <laughs> of course, the volume of one's watching always being the thing that prevents getting made when yes. observing. Uh, Lon later contacted the witness, uh, whose name was M.M., loves to give little uh, initials, like kind of redact their names. M.M. for Mon McMiller. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Eminem states that he was quite surprised when he noticed the creature. I was crouched under a fairly bright streetlight about 50 yards in front of him in his neighborhood in the vicinity of Bryn Mawr and Elm Street in Itasca. This location is approximately two miles west of O'Hare International Airport. Uh, this is going between in and out of first and second person uh, or third person. As he watched, it was apparent that it had bat wings and that the face was similar to a gargoyle's depiction with small horns on its head. The coloring was gray to black. There was no eye color recognized. None of the glowing red we're used to with these things. When it suddenly rose up from its crouched position, Eminem states that it stood five to six feet in height and that the body was somewhat emaciated but defined. The arms were attached Mm. to the wide wings that spanned far off the body. It was definitely a humanoid form. He used the the word dead bod. Yes. He used the word uh, word explode to describe the sudden burst of energy when it took flight after just one flap of the powerful wings. The sound of the wings and ascent burst like thunder. It quickly flew into the tree and disappeared. So what are our flew thoughts on this? Flew into the tree and disappeared. First, yeah, flew straight into the tree and was gone. 
I can't think of a single flying creature that can, with a single flap of its wings, <laughs> fly into the sky so f- far and high. Well, then, then this guy said into a tree. <laughs> it disappeared. It just <laughs> got up in the tree. Ah! <laughs> um, Flat once hit the tree and was out of sight. Maybe that's all it was. What are your thoughts, Casey? Sounds uh, like an owl to me. It's an owl. Yeah, it's an owl. So here's a fun, I, uh, a lot of our October proceedings have been either rushed in the end of September or just kind of late in the back half of October because I was out of the country for a bit. Uh, I and I Ireland. just, um, <laughs> just, being, just doing your thing. <laughs> and, uh, one of the things I did while out of the country was I went to a cool falconry show and, uh, by answering a trivia question correctly about how birds work, I was called down to, um, have one of the birds land on me. Uh, this was a an African <laughs> Batalur eagle. Um, pretty Whoa. cool. Very pretty. Uh, very cool bird. I'll maybe post a link to a picture of one of those Should in the that description. Be the episode picture. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and uh, it's it's very cool. I, we've described in talking about the Phantom of the Chicago in the past how when you're looking at things flying in the sky, uh, very difficult to get a good sense of scale because they're not really very close they're not next to things that are close to you so you can't really measure very accurately things can look way bigger than they actually are this is very true of a lot of different kinds of birds and so you see this eagle for example this this um which is actually on the smaller side for eagles i guess a medium-sized eagle it looks huge when it's flying it has a pretty good size wingspan and uh and then when it lands on your arm if it was only like maybe i don't know eight pounds not a huge bird but it seems huge when you're not up close to it. So I think any number of normal everyday birds, such as an owl in this case, maybe a great horned owl that looks like it has horns on its head because of its ears or ear tough thing. It's not really ears. It can look way bigger when you're not actually up next to it and you don't know uh, what it is. So that's uh, that's what I think about that. But wait, there's more. I, for some reason, haven't touched their site in forever. But the singular Fortean Society, the ones who actually introduced me to this phenomenon in the first place. Sifts. That's the one. Uh, they also received a direct report last month. Whoa. So it goes thusly. And uh, they aren't cute about their redacting of names. They just get a full name and address and phone number. No. Uh, <laughs> Social security number. <laughs> yep. Mother's maiden name. Uh, first pet. <laughs> the Senior 40 Society was contacted recently by Shauna Clippert, age 27, who said that she and her mother had seen both a massive black winged humanoid and a glowing UFO in Rockford, Illinois, during the early morning hours of June 20th. Uh, Shana said that she had not previously been aware of the other sightings in her area and only found the Singular Fortean Society after going online following her own encounter to try and find similar reports. Both of her sightings were either on or near Fork Kent Creek, which Shana referred to as a canal in her testimony. It's really more of a canal. (laughs) Yeah. They began at approximately 1 a.m. when Shana and her mother, Barbara, were outside of her apartment. So she says, quote, There's my parking lot where uh, we were facing toward my building, and next to that, between me and the canal, there's a parking lot that was nothing, like just a lot, and there's the canal. I can see the overpass bridge that runs down Auburn Street above the canal. Across from that is a shop that has lights on it, and there's a very, very well-lit, I'm not sure what it is, a hauling business, I think. They have trucks and garage doors and stuff. Then there's a pretty thin tree line on the canal, and there's nothing on my side of the canal. It is reasonably well-lit. When the creature crawled out of the canal, I could see the cement guardrail walls of the canal because all the lights on the side from that shop and the light reflecting from the lights that are on the side of my building, the trees are dark. 
I heard a screech that made me turn my head toward that direction. Canal. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Thank you. Then it, then it looked like it crawled out of the... Canal. Because I saw this black silhouette following up and onto the embankment. Canal. <laughs> That's when you could see the black silhouette against the light on the other side of the canal. The street. You, oh, could, damn it. you could clearly see this black blob moving across. <laughs> and when my mom looked over because she saw something in the corner of her eye, and obviously I was already looking over there, she saw the black blob, and then it took flight within the tree line. We could clearly see the shape of the wings and the size of this thing going through the tree line. Obviously, I can't say it was through the tree line. It could have been just above the canal, like the water. But we saw it completely pass, like we saw it going through. What? That's, that's the end of the quote. Shout out to Did they invest- interview her seconds after it happened I, in a panic? I can only assume. Shout out to investigator Tobias Whalen. And I like that he refers to himself as, as investigator Tobias Whalen. There's two people who run singular... Investigator Tobias Whalen. There are two people who run the Singular Fortean Society. Tobias and his wife. And that is the whole Singular Fortean Society. Wow. Uh, and the creature reminded her of the character Marcus from the film Underworld because of its humanoid appearance and bat-like wings. Underworld. Quote, it was massive, like hunched over when it was coming out of the canal. It looked like the size of our dumpster that we have in the back of our apartment building. It was huge. I have no clue what to even compare it to. It was super tall and big. When it walked, when it was on the ground, it was like hunched over and crouched. It looked like this massive blob, she said. When it initially left the ground, it flapped its wings. It wasn't a super fast flap because the wings were so big. The canal goes down into a more vegetative spot, so we lost sight of it there. Shana uh, wow. estimated the creature's wingspan to be 12 feet and described the sound it made as a, quote, a dinosaur screech, like a raptor screech. Oh. You know, common touchstone sound we have all experienced. One that in we our have lives. all experienced. <laughs> exactly. Uh, quote, I didn't see any glowing red eyes or anything like everybody else is describing, but it flew away from us and we were looking at its profile most of its time, most of the time, or its back, she said. I was freaking out. It was pitch black. The winged entity flew halfway up the trees, so it was directly in the tree line and then stayed steady all the way down, she said. It couldn't have been in the trees because of the size of its wingspan, so it could have flew among the trees too big for that, but it could have been over the canal and just followed the canal down. There's water down there in the canal, but it's a very small like it's very small like a creek. And then there's a walkway that runs down it that you Call can go all creek. the way down into the park that's in the back neighbors neighborhoods. Then there's these huge storm drains and they're huge. Like you can just walk in there. You might have oh. to duck your head a little bit, but you can walk in there. I don't know if it crawled out of there, but where else could it be? Okay. All in all, the sighting lasted, quote, maybe two or three minutes, Shauna said. Soon after the winged humanoid sighting, Shana and her mother saw something else equally ex- inexplicable in the sky. Uh, quote, we walked to this broken down fence that separates my area from this lot that's on the other side between us and the canal. We were out there walking and I asked my roommate to come downstairs and bring a flashlight so we can shine it in the tree line and see if we see anything. She came down in 15 minutes, didn't see anything. And we drove back down to the park, but the trees are so dense that Jesus Christ. Oh, God. They saw a UFO after that. I don't care. It was a white light. They saw this guy. And that's it. Wow. Anyway. It flew yeah. into the UFO. This Shall is I one read of my story. Several <laughs> winged humanoid sightings have come out of Rockland over the past several years. Thank you, Tobias. Ho. Oh, so uh, there's another bird, right? There's another owl, probably. For sure. Uh, Spooky. I'm pretty sure it's Tobias. Tobias. I'm wondering if we should appease the NCAA device <sighs> and if, Casey, you would like to also wire in to help us with the pander function if you're feeling I brave will. enough to uh, I'm up for it. compromise I'm part down. of your soul. 
Unlike right. Drew, who ran away, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Drew did run away. Um, and then so didn't for turn his microphone back up after he got back. Anyone unfortunate <laughs> enough to be tuning in for the first time, <laughs> the uh, NCAA device is, of course, a uh, sort of cursed ancient and very modern computer that we uh, built slash summon for a purpose that we never even use it for anymore, really. Uh, <laughs> will, we only will. really use it now to run the pander function, which, of course, is the patron appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk. And this is simply nothing more than allowing this cursed object to take control of our minds and download directly into our brains, hearts, and souls the creatures, cryptids, ghoulies, frightenings, otherwise dangerous things out there in the world that our Patreon supporters need to be on the lookout for. Uh, so we can, with that hanging grammatical error, plug these cords into the backs of our heads. Well, let me turn it on first. Okay, oh. now that it's on, now we can plug these into Close the backs call. of our heads. Protocol is critical here. Yes. Uh, you'll hear the sound of the computer. Already have it. And now, <laughs> now we'll plug it into the backs of our heads. Ah. There we go. We're going to focus on our first patron, who is Jackie, Jackie K. K of Winona, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Jackie, Jackie, watch out for, look out for Weeping, weeping date, date Palm. Weeping Gate Pump is a jinn and oracular tree in Islamic lore. It's believed to have relentlessly wept until the Prophet Muhammad comforted it. Unlike most plants or trees, it can actually get depressed. Yeah. I don't know if you like gardening. I don't know if you like to walk through the woods. Uh, if you do any of this kind of stuff that brings you close to plants of any kind, but especially trees, if you hear some crying, turn that butt around get out of there. A-S-A-P. A-S-A-P. I'm hearing everything Wyatt says a couple of seconds afterward through. And I can hear it yep. as well through my own headphones. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing you, Jake. Oh, no. Oh, no. I believe the powers of the NCAA device, aka screen share, has thrown Casey back into <laughs> yeah. internet hell. Yep. Uh, I can only see the horrified look on Casey's face. At- yes. <laughs> A hand over the mouth indicating <laughs> pure shock and confusion. I will now take a screen grab for posterity. I'm going to stop share so we can get another screen grab of a bigger version of that. Oh, oh, oh no, you're back. Okay. All Liberated. right. Powers of the NCAA device simply too strong. Do you want to say anything, Casey? <laughs> I don't. Okay. Totally fair. It's an overwhelming experience. Jackie, never forget the words of the prophet who said it was crying for missing what it used to hear of religious knowledge giving near to it. Uh, And thank you so much for your support. Thank you very much for your support. And now we're going to focus on Julie C. Julie C. Arnold, Missouri. Missouri. Julie. Watch out, look for out for Molly, Molly, which is a place. Oh, I think. Already? Molly is a country in Saharan Africa. It's also a troublesome <laughs> hippopotamus that can consume vast amounts of rice, sometimes even whole fields, and it also has a great ability to defend itself. Before you think it's spelled in a really cute way, like M O L L Y, you need to be aware that it is spelled. M-A-L-I, which is much more threatening. 
I can oh tell from God. the insane <laughs> feedback from Casey oh that we are on about a 15 second delay with her. Yeah, I think AAA is not playing along well with the third floor That is so funny. Oh my goodness Ooh. gracious. Oh, golly. Anyway, if you find yourself anywhere in just generally, uh, you know, the actual country of Mali, uh, in Southeastern Guinea, uh, Benin, Nigeria, just watch out for hippos that eat a lot of rice. Um, especially if they have, like, a weirdly long neck. That's yeah. a hippo you don't want to mess with. Yeah, that would be a great episode picture as well. <laughs> it would be. And, and uh, thank you very, very kindly for your support. Thank you so much. Uh, we truly appreciate uh, it. You know, the actual country of Mali, Jeffrey Hill was eating a lot of rice. Um, I just don't want to mess with. Yeah, that would be great. That's a picture as well. <laughs> all right, I think, I think we're all cut up. Does the panda device ever, like, because there might be, like, a really, really creepy one to watch out for. Like, are there any Patreons that need to watch out for, like, the same one? Like, maybe they're friends out there. So we actually have had the panda device indicate duplicate beasts at least once and then uh if we haven't gotten bored by it and just hit the random function again i mean we may have over or it overrode its own protocols to make sure that (laughs) that it stayed spicy (laughs) keep you guys yes but if you would like to have your own creepy creature uh weird long neck hippopotamus calculated by this same device you can do so at our patreon which Wyatt, i should tell you i am pausing our patreon for at least the month of november not charging any patrons uh until we're making content regularly for them a very good call but yeah if you want to join up you can do so for a low, low price of just five dollars you'll get your your pander situation that'll happen you'll have access to our discord you'll get access and to it all is a situation of, it is a situation you'll get access to all of our <laughs> bonus our whole backlog of bonus content minisodes and curated outtakes then as i finish editing the rest of the new stuff you'll get that too and until then, you won't get charged for another month. But if you if you do sign up now, you will get charged the moment you sign up. I can't control that. But uh, everyone who's already on there, I'm not going to charge you again until we're actively making stuff again. Also, if you sign up now, you will want you will immediately get your glass from me. I'll mail it to you. Until we get to 100 patrons, I am doomed to forever mail out glasses until I run out of them and order more. Alternatively, continue to always someone sort of elect the sacrifice for the <laughs> Patreon community to keep Jake and by extension, I guess, indirectly and to a much lesser degree myself, uh, trapped in a quantum paradox of forever sending out glasses. Because I'm pretty sure by now, Jake, you've probably shipped like 200 of these things. <laughs> I think uh, I originally ordered 150, and we have, like, a couple left. <laughs> so, you do the math on that one. Uh, we've long since hit 100 patrons, but... Uh, you also get yes. stickers at a certain level. I have new stickers are coming out pretty soon, too. Uh, all some fun things. And um, if, you're not ready, if you're not ready for that, you know, level of commitment, you can still support the show by either buying some of our sweet, sweet merch on our shop, or... Leaving a cute little review, yeah, uh, for us. I have the merch show. news too. Actually, I am about oh. to uh, when I get the time to sit down and fuck around with our store. I am going to totally change the manufacturer of our primary unisex T-shirts. Um, instead of American Apparel, we're switching to Gildan or Gildan. Gildan, how do you say it? Nice. Um, because I just tested out. A, American Apparel keeps running out of certain colors and sizes that everyone wants to order. It's just really annoying, so I switched over to testing it out. Actually, uh, they don't know it, but Dave and Scott were guinea pigs for this thing. 
they got they didn't know they were getting the new shirts I David myself, Scott of what Jake? Uh, of Monster Movie Happy Hour the new shirts are so much softer and more comfortable and Ooh. less expensive so uh, when the time comes we will have I'll, I'll make an official announcement when that actually is finalized but our shirts will become cheaper and better at the same time bingo plus they won't have that weird American apparel uh, sexualized model of questionable age <laughs> taste <laughs> yep so let's unplug this uh, from our brains and we'll move on with our lives. Sounds ah, good. There we go. Um, we'll be doing this for a while. Here's some more spooky nonsense in the spirit of Halloween. One little short, frightening story for all of us to enjoy. This one was featured on the survivalist boards. Creepy <laughs> stories from the outdoors forum thread, but is attributed to who else? A Reddit user, uh, <laughs> this time by the name of Alexandrovich. They were responding to a now long since calcified Ask Reddit thread <laughs> topic. What is the most mysterious or paranormal thing you've ever experienced? I dug around to find their original post to no avail. Uh, so this abridged version will have to do. <clears throat> um as with many things that terrify us and cause us to question ourselves or the reality around us, I tend to keep this close to the chest, quiet and buried, where I put the things I hope to forget. I grew up in a large city in eastern Canada. The whole of my life at that point had been spent around noise and light and traffic, tides of people. It made the concept of quiet solitude very appealing, and I learned to seek these things out and appreciate them whenever I could. So, when I had the chance to visit my parents' original home in my early 20s, I took it. This is because they grew up in a small town on the island of Newfoundland, and a remote part of a remote island in a remote country seemed like gold to me, especially at that time in my life. We arrived at a small airport outside of their hometown, but still had some driving to do, as their hometown was not where we would be staying. Rather, we would be at a been-in-the-family-for-years cabin about 30 minutes away in the woods. My lifestyle back on the mainland, fueled by disappointment and depression, had given me two things I couldn't shake when I landed. A desire to be outside and a completely ruined internal clock. I was so used to staying up late every night. So when my parents went to bed, I let them know I was going for a walk. I took a large, high-powered flashlight and a broomstick, mostly to avoid turning an ankle and for swatting away any unwanted attention from local fauna. So off I went on a clearly defined walking path that I knew circled around the small lake next to the cabin. This would meander for a few kilometers and then bring me back uh, right to the, uh, to the cabin. Probably a 45-minute walk if I kept a good pace, an hour if I was a bit more casual. The whole way around, I would be able to see the cabin, so I wouldn't lose my orientation. All in all, I'm trying to say, I had my bases covered. I even had light, as the moon was still overhead, poking out from the overcast sky regularly enough to see. The clouds were fast, as they can be so close to the sea. So, I'm walking down the path, woods to my right, thick and penetrable pine, and to my left, the small lake, lit up like glass by the wind and the moon. Solo walks are great for thinking, so I let my mind wander. The path was well kept, and the stick and flashlight utterly unnecessary. <laughs> At some indeterminate point in the walk, I abruptly and for no apparent reason felt deeply eerie. 
I realized I was staring at the lake, at the white noise of the reflected light, and not paying attention to the woods. I became irrationally certain that something terrible was in the woods. Mm -hmm. I flicked on my flashlight as I turned to look, and it was like sinking into a hot tub. The goosebumps vanished. The woods seemed utterly unremarkable. At peace, I continued walking. Then it happened again. Exact Mm -hmm. same feeling. Once again, I realized I was absentmindedly staring at the lake. At this point, I noticed the cabin almost directly across from me beyond the lake itself. I'm about as far as I'm going to get from the cabin during my walk, and all I want to be is back there with one of my books. As this thought crosses my mind, I notice that a small part of the reflection out in the lake is missing. It's just gone, like someone went over it with a sharpie. So I naturally focus on that spot. While one part of me is trying to assign some reason for this absence of reflection, maybe a sunken or half-sunk boat, a thicket of reeds, maybe a weird stone outcropping, another part of me is telling me to get a move on as fast as I can. As I continue staring, I see that the spot is getting steadily bigger. It is something, man-shaped, walking out of the water toward me, very clearly walking, backlit by the moon. I'm frozen with fear and feel like I can't move. It's getting close to the shore when I realize I still have a flashlight. I drop my stick, fumble with the flashlight, find the switch, which was right where it should be under my thumb, but hey, I was panicking, and shine it at this man shape. (laughs) Of course, there's nothing there at all. Just water and moonlit reflections all the way back to the cabin. I swear I stood there for five minutes, motionless, except for my eyes, which were grid-searching the entire lake. Finally... I decide I'm imagining things. Despite every inch of me still screaming to run, I decide I will head back the way I came at double speed. I flick the light switch off to get my nightstick, or my nightstick, (laughs) to get my night sight back. (laughs) And I kid you not, the thing is exactly where it should have been if it hadn't stopped approaching, right where I had been pointing my light. It's close enough now to start obscuring part of the cabin, literally visible in the dark, but not in the light. I froze again for probably only a few seconds, but it felt like a lot longer. Like, water moves noisily, but regularly. You watch a reflection on it, and it's just noise. There are no regular waves or anything. It's just a constant shimmer. The edges of this thing were just like that. It was hard to notice at first, because the lake was behind my view of it. But as it eclipsed the cabin and some of the ground, I clearly saw its edges move just like this lake. Some people have said scribbles, some have said static. I feel like these are synonymous descriptions of what I saw, which is a funny way of putting it. <clears throat> After it moved another 10 feet, I realized it probably wasn't going to stop and say something or resolve itself into some drunk person or anything else I wanted to deal with. As I turned to sprint, I dropped the flashlight and heard the glass break. I ran as fast as I could and made it back to the cabin in about 10 minutes. I stumbled in and collapsed into the downstairs bedroom. It was a two-floor cabin and my parents were upstairs. Then I notice my one window is framing the lake like a painting. Everything just outside the window is pitch black as the moon was on the other side of the house. I decide I can't deal with that, so I go back out to the main room and close all the doors and windows I can see, and finally I fall asleep on the sofa. The next morning, my parents wake me up coming downstairs. They ask me why I'm sleeping on the couch fully clothed. I'm too self-conscious at this point to say anything close to the truth. So I just say I fell, lost the flashlight, and had to come back and just fell asleep on the couch by accident. Why aren't you fully nude the way we sleep on the couch? Yeah. (laughs) Your naked body. 
I didn't sleep well or much at all, so I decided to go to actual bed and get some actual sleep. I walk over, open the door to my room, and lying perfectly aligned on the bed is the broken flashlight and the broomstick side by side, mm-hmm. and the window was locked. And was the flashlight fully clothed as well? <laughs> the flashlight was nude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah. And with that peaceful ah. <laughs> ah. Aha. Ah. We have come to yet another, and hard to believe, the sixth. Sixth? Yeah, annual. Because you, you count the first one, which was year zero, as the first annual. Super so. duper stitch is spooktacular. No! Spookstravaganza. The whole purpose of the title is to subvert the obvious name. It's a dumb joke we've done for six years now. <laughs> You're fired. Tacular. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. For uh, for bearing with us for a whole month of just kind of us doing whatever the hell we want. Uh, science and scary stuff will return together in uh, the future. I don't know when the next episode is coming up, but we have, you know, schedules we got to figure out, but we have ideas it for is, many episodes. It so. is madness. It is, but we uh, we love doing this. We love doing it for you. We love doing it with fun guests. Casey, thanks for joining us for what was just a goofy-ass time. We had a very fun time. Great to finally meet you. I hope yeah. to do so in person very soon. What else we talk about? Why are there other things that are important for ending the show? My goodness gracious. Uh, simply review if you like. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween. uh, Happy Halloween. We'll see you again as soon as we can. Thanks for having me on. It really was a good time. It was was a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.